What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Chatted Up Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Shooter, bringing you interviews, news, and reviews about all things Upper Peninsula. I uh, hope you're all staying warm as you're listening to this. Uh, the thermometer here, uh, as I'm recording this, says uh, it's uh, like negative <laughs> 12. With the wind chill, it's probably much colder. Uh, so like I said, I hope you all are uh, staying warm. But uh, I've got a really great episode for you this week, and we'll start it off the way we always do with This Day in Uber History, which is brought to you by the good folks at Pasty.com. That's P-A-S-T-Y dot com and the Pasty Central Facebook page. So here is February 11th, This Day in Uber History. February 11th. Pasty Central Day in History. At the northern end of Interstate 75 is a span that joins two nations and two cities that bear the same name, Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, and Ontario. While the current International Bridge was constructed in the 1960s, its forerunner was built in the previous century, the International Railroad Bridge, a total of nine spans across the St. Mary's River and Canal System. On this day, in 1887, the partnership agreement was signed that paved the way for building that first structure. Detroit Bridge and Ironworks was awarded the contract for only the draw bridge, while the other eight spans were constructed by the Dominion Bridge Company of Montreal, which half a century later would play a part in building the Golden Gate Bridge. Pasty Central Day in History, February 11th. Another huge thank you to the folks over at Pasty.com and the Pasty Central Facebook page for making that segment possible. It's time for this week's interview, and it is with Mr. Benjamin Mitchell. Uh, ben is the owner of a company called Dead Miners, which is located up in the Keweenaw. And uh, it's kind of a, a funny backstory. I, uh, I had noticed uh, his company on Instagram, and I was really liking the the stuff that they were putting out and, and what he's been doing. And so I kind of started digging into, like, who was this person behind this company? Um, because if you go on their website or even on their Instagram, there's not a ton of info about the guy behind all of this cool stuff. And uh, lo and behold, it ended up, <laughs> I found out after the fact, after my, my investigating, that it ended up uh, being a guy uh, from my hometown that, that grew up um, in my neighborhood who was a, a year younger than me in school. So I was pleasantly surprised to find that out. So I, uh, I tracked uh, Ben down for an interview, and uh, as I always say, I'll let the rest speak for itself. So without further ado, let's chat it up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Mr. Benjamin Mitchell. Ben, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, you grew up in Kingsford Heights uh, in the same area that I did. When I did. you look back on that time and you think about Kingsford Heights, what sort of memories stand out to you? Um, you know what? I think, wasn't I your paper boy for a while? Uh, yeah, you were for sure. <laughs> Not so. I was like, at least... Like maybe I delivered papers or my brother delivered papers to your family. Yeah. And I might've subbed for him, but yeah, I thought it like I was for a while. It's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing, you remember that there's that big blue water tower. Yep. Like the glowing red lights on it. I remember like as a kid, I had nightmares about that thing because it was like right next to my house and I could see it out the window. And I thought it was like evil cookie monster. <laughs> 
when I think back on Kingsford Heights, one of the biggest memories that I think of, and it's basically kind of split in between where you lived and, and where I live is a little store. And yes. That's, that's like a huge, yeah. That we all memory. just called the little store. They had <laughs> such good sub sandwiches there. I know. And we, I loved going there to get candy and stuff like you yeah. know, me and Urkla and all those guys, we would like scrounge up enough pop cans to just get like two bucks, you know, and we would just go there and load up on like 10 cent candy. Yeah. You know? I was always bringing pop cans back there when I was like a little kid yep. just getting candy. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I'm glad that, that the shop is still going. It's a little bit sad kind of going in there now. Cause it's very stripped down and they basically have ice cream and just a few other things, but Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that it, it still lives. Cause I mean, it's such a staple of, of our childhoods. And even prior to that, it's kind of like the, uh, youper version of like a bodega kind of, <laughs> Oh yeah. That's totally like our bodega. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Another thing too, like all those Hills, like it was so nice going anywhere else on your bike. And then you had to come home and ride up <laughs> all the Hills. Cause it's yep. like the height. It's like the tallest place in Kingsford. Right. Right. Yeah. It was like going to school wasn't too bad, but then, no, when then you come home, you're like, oh, I pedal all the way up <laughs> for the sure. That's, the stupid town. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> so when you finished school, did you stay in the UP or, or where, where did life take you? Yeah. I came up graduate? here. I've, I've just been, I went to Finlandia okay. for five years because I'm a dunce. <laughs> I spent five years on an art degree. Yeah. And then I stayed up here, um, got a job. I was working at a coffee shop throughout school. I stayed there a little bit after, and then I got a job at industrial graphics, stayed there for a while. Um, in 2015, I decided I wanted to move away. So I went to Portland for a couple of years Okay. and then decided I hated living in a city. And this is the only place I could think to come back to. <laughs> so you missed Houghton. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you enjoy most about Houghton? I mean, I, I love visiting there. I don't know if I could quite live there. I don't have that much of like, like, um, an affection for the, the snow, but, uh, what do you I, love? Most I love the snow. You like do? it's yeah. I do so many things that are involving snow. Like I went snowboarding today. Yesterday I rode my fat bike on some trails. Uh, I go snowshoeing all the time. Okay, cool. I mean, it's, I, I say to people all the time, like, if you're going to live up here, you've got to have at least some sort of an activity. Like for me, it's ice fishing. Like that's yeah. what I really like to do is get out and ice fish, which we don't necessarily need a ton of snow for that. It just needs to be cold. But I always say you've got to have like just something that gets you out in the winter. Otherwise you're going to just go stir crazy. Yeah, totally. Like you have to have a winter activity. Like summer is easy. Like you don't really, like you can just go sit outside and be happy just doing that. But like yeah. winter, you like have to do something like some okay. kind of physical thing outside. Did I see today you were out, you were out shredding it up a little bit. Yeah. Went to Mount <laughs> Bohemia for the first time. It was, uh, they definitely could use a little more snow. We haven't gotten much so far this year compared to like how much we usually do. I know like, it's crazy. I, like I, I think know. we've still gotten, we've still gotten over a hundred inches of snow, which seems like an insane amount. But for here, it's like, that's like half as much as we should have by now. <laughs> <laughs> when did bohemia open like uh a week ago i think wow that's like crazy. last thursday i think they opened for the season which is super late like i can't even remember them ever opening in february yeah and i know um like ski brule didn't even open this year 
Like they normally they're like the first to open because they like is that the, the one that's in a it's Iron River. River. Yeah, yeah. Don't, they, don't they make their own snow too? Normally they do, and they're always like pride themselves on like being the first. But I think yeah, they're, they're always, always like everybody's always going there as their first thing of the year. Yeah, in like November or something. Yeah, I had heard through the grapevine because of all the like restrictions on indoor stuff that they just said like, nope, we're just not doing anything. So. I know Pine Mountain has been just like booming. Every time I drive by there, the amount of cars in that parking lot for skiing is or in snowboarding is just nuts. Yeah. But that's good. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess then one of the questions I had here is are the winters tough on you? But you love the winter so much, it doesn't sound like it really bothers you all that much. Not that much. <laughs> like the worst thing I have to do is fire up my snowboard or snowblower like clear a snowbank sure um bad usually yeah this this winter has been really mild for it too like i've been barely snow blowing yeah i think i've had i was gonna buy a brand new snowblower because i was like i should do it this year and then we've barely been getting snow and i was like all right good i'm glad i didn't waste money on that yet yeah yeah i think i've had mine out once or twice that's it all winter i mean and down here we're in the like banana belt where it's it's very mild so yeah, you guys just get the cold though. To, yeah. Right? Like that's yeah. what I remember as a kid. Like it would be like 20 below and we'd be like standing waiting for a bus. Yep. <laughs> like that's no snow, down. it's just freezing. <laughs> for sure. That's coming tomorrow, I think. Tomorrow through the weekend, it's supposed to be yeah. cold. Here too. Like this was the last like kind of warm day. And then I think it's supposed to be like one or two degrees for like a week. Yeah. So yeah, that's not as enjoyable, I guess, to do outdoor stuff, but. No, no. Whatever. So with your art degree, was like art and design and like creating stuff, have you always kind of been drawn towards that? Like no pun intended. Yeah, pretty much like as long as I can remember, I've been like drawing or like making stuff. And then all throughout high school, I took like all the art classes. I took woodshop. Uh, I took auto body, I guess at the, what was that place? The Vogue Center? The Vogue Center, yeah. Yeah. I took out a body there for a year. That was kind of cool to learn. Yeah, for took sure. Some random uh, graphic design and website design classes there too. I always feel like looking back, I wish I had taken a little bit more of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not like. Yeah, they I have can, a lot of cool things there. Like, yeah. Just, like technical trade things. Yeah. I know just enough, like about just enough things to be a little bit dangerous, but for the most part, I'm not super like hands-on. Um, and I just, I wish I was more hands-on than I am. So looking back, I, like I said, I wish I had done a little bit more of that, but, um, so when you moved back then to the area, um, were you working at industrial graphics in Houghton? Did you work for them or? or am yeah. I- so I moved back and I got hired there again. Cause I was just like, Hey, I'm coming back. And he's like, Oh, okay, cool. I guess okay. I mean, we could probably hire you again. <laughs> so I worked there uh, up until, well, I guess when COVID happened, like everybody got laid off. Sure. And then I started putting, I mean, I was like sitting at home, not doing anything else. So I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to put all this energy into dead miners. <laughs> and I guess it kind of just took off since then. And I haven't had to go back to having a real job yet, hopefully. Well, that's an awesome hopefully thing. I won't <laughs> at, at, at any point, but. Yeah, so far I haven't. 
so dead miners, you really kind of picked up full steam this year, but you really, have you been just working on it as a side gig since 2017? Yeah, basically 2017, like I was, I don't know, I was using a, a rubber band as a wallet. And then I was like, man, this is stupid. Like I like making stuff. Like, why don't I just mess around and try to make something? So the first wallet I ever made, I found scraps from the local Goodwill of like upholstery fabric, like not really what you're supposed to use for a wallet, but I didn't know anything about it. So whatever, just messing around. And uh, I was using a hammer and a nail to punch holes in it for like stitching. Man, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was so ugly. <laughs> I don't even think I have the first one I ever made. Like, I think the second one I made, I was like, okay, I guess I can use this. Cause it was like, functional kind of but the first one was awful so, and then then I got a kit off of Amazon okay it just had like a bunch of really junky tools in it and I was just trying out different kinds of leathers until I figured out like what I was actually supposed to be using for it which is like a vegetable tan full grain leather okay so as far as like working with leather and how to like create all of these things, are you like self-taught or, or did somebody like show you how? I mean, for like, I watched like YouTube videos and stuff. Like nobody had given me any formal training. Like, Hey, this is what you're supposed to do. Like, this is what you're supposed to use. These tools work really well, but like I kind of experimented a lot with it. Okay. Watch YouTube videos. And then like about a year ago, I got added to a group chat on Instagram of like a bunch of, leather workers from like around the world that just kind of like bounce ideas off of each other. And like, that's helped me a ton. So like in the last year, I feel like I've gotten more knowledge about anything than like the previous two years. That's super cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So when you say like around the world, like where would like the farthest person away be from, you know, that's in the group. Oh, I gotta think, I think somebody's in the Philippines, maybe. I don't know. Wow. Where would be the farthest. One of them's in Lebanon. Wow. Um, I think there's someone in Holland, maybe, or the Netherlands. Like a good majority are obviously in the U.S., but there's like sure. people scattered all over the place. That's really interesting. Um, so why why the name Dead Miners? Where did that name come from? So like maybe more than ten years ago, I think I'd seen a tag at Rhythm Skate Shop that was like this photo of 50 cent but he had, was like holding a pickaxe and it said get rich or die mining yeah like obviously a play on his movie yeah and i kind of just got like obsessed with that and like started making a bunch of stuff that said that on it and like got, ended up getting it tattooed on my chest <laughs> so then like after just using that for years like i was just like when i was doing the wallets and stuff i was trying to figure out like what i want to come up with for like a brand like a logo name everything and I was like, I can't just call it get rich or die mining. That's too wordy. And it's like kind of dumb. So I was just experimenting with like coming up with ideas. And I was like, didn't get rich, died mining. Like, I thought that was kind of cool. And then I was like, oh yeah, dead miners. Okay. So that's kind of where that came from. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it, it plays in perfect too with like so much of the aesthetic up in the Keweenaw is is mining you know yeah, I mean, like it, it's it really, all over the up it's, but especially like, yeah it's all over the, the upper peninsula but like really here is like that's what it is it's mining yeah 
Like that's the thing. There's like mine shafts still standing all over the place. Like mine tours you can go on, several of them, I think. So you mentioned wallets. Is that basically kind of like what you started with then after you made that wallet for yourself? Were you just like making wallets for like friends and people or or yeah, like I posted that I made that one. And then like people were just like, oh, that's cool. Or no, I didn't post. Okay, so like I didn't post that I made the ugly one. Like I think a month later, I'd still been practicing like making better ones with better leather. I posted those. People were like, oh, that's cool looking. Like I would buy one of those. So I started selling them. And then I think that's when I had made the Instagram account just for dead miners. I think it was September. I'd started making them in like August of 2017. And then September, I was like, actually like officially like, oh, dead miners is a thing. A lot of the stuff that you you post on your social, besides like the goods that you sell, um, is about like mining history and different stuff like that. Do you have a, a interest in history and like the UP history, that kind of thing? Or are you just kind of doing it to kind of fit with that aesthetic? I mean, I'm definitely interested in like the history of this place. Like, it's really cool. Like these people like struggled and like worked their asses off their whole lives. And like people would go into a mine in the morning when it was still dark and come out when it was still dark and they wouldn't see sunlight for like however many days at a time. It's crazy to just think about that lifestyle. Yeah. And I mean, the Keweenaw is such this cool, like melting pot of like, mining history like immigrants and i was talking with uh, matt bartley who works at michigan tech he's um in the running for the up poet laureate and um he he lives up there obviously and he was talking a lot about this too so you've got this like <clears throat> like immigrant mining history and there's also like a lot of native american history up there and there's just this really cool like just blend of kind of those those histories that i just find really really interesting yeah, definitely. Um, so you primarily, you know, you're, you're making these, these leather goods. Where do you get this leather from? Do you have like a wholesaler or, or somebody local or how do you pick out like, yeah, I wish I could do somebody local, but I don't think anybody really does this tanning process, at least like in a, like a mass production that I would need it to be in. But, um, I get, most of my leather from this place called Springfield Leather Company in Springfield, Missouri. And I buy Herman Oak leather and they've been tanning leather for like over a hundred years or something. So it's like, like they've pretty much got it down. And I always buy like their natural hides and then I just dye things myself. Like I have so many color options on my website and I let people just kind of choose whatever they want. Yeah, I've noticed that in a lot of your videos where you're like, you know, dyeing the leather different colors and stuff i always find that super interesting it's very yeah. um lots um, of people like that like they'll post like a video of me just like running a brush along a belt and they're like that is soothing yes that's and what like, the word like, i was thinking of soothing like asmr or whatever it's like yeah satisfying. yeah that's kind of what i go for for a lot of just like the stuff on my story i just like the asmr aspect of it where it's just like noise like of what's happening and it's just kind of like pleasant very much so <laughs> what um what would you say is kind of like the hardest part about working with leather? What, what makes it like difficult for you? Dying it was the hardest part. Like that was the most difficult thing to figure out how to do without messing it up. Like I, I was using, um, like I use Feebings, it's a brand. 
their dye and they have one that's called leather dye, but it's like, like really alcohol based and it just dries it out. Like I was using that originally for things and it would just like, like I'd dry things out and crack them and they'd look terrible. So I had to like switch over to this oil dye that they have. And um, yeah, since I've been using that, I think it's been great. But like, then there's just like the brush technique of like spreading it around so you don't get weird lines or swirls on it. Okay. A lot of stuff that would have been nice. Like if I had someone to tell it to me, but I had to figure sure. it out over <laughs> years. Probably a lot of like guess and testing and having to like throw a piece out or like use it for scrap or different stuff. I'm guessing. Yeah. There's a lot of pieces that I couldn't even use for scrap. I was just like, Oh, this is cracked. Like I can't do anything with it. <laughs> or like this has like splotches on it. But then um, like now, like once I figured out how to like get a perfect dye on things and now I'm just like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to splatter dye things or like drip dye on stuff because like, I know how to do it well. So now I can just like mess around with it. Sure. Sure. It's kind of um, like the Picasso way to go about things. Like he learned how to do like portraits really well. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to make it look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, whatever works for you. I mean, if people are liking it, then then obviously mm -hmm. you're doing something right. Um, you know, back to your videos a little bit that you post on like your social. Um, the other thing that that really sticks out to me is, you know, you're doing all of this stuff by hand, you know, needle and thread. It's very intricate. When, when you're working on some of these pieces, and I'm sure it varies from, from depending on the size of the item, but typically how long does it take you to put these pieces together? Yeah, it definitely depends. Like, like a card wallet, I could probably put together like within an hour, but um, like some of the messenger bags and stuff that I have definitely take like, I don't know, multiple days of working on it. Okay. But also like, I, I never really do one thing at a time. So it's hard to just like estimate like the time frame on things, I guess. Cause I'll be like dying something and then I'll put it aside and then like start cutting something else out or start dying something else or be sewing something while this other thing's like drying. Yeah, it's hard to give estimates on, I guess. Well, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when you mentioned that group of, of people that you kind of talk to all over the world that are working with, with leather and such, do you have any, any people, or do you know of any people that are kind of doing similar to what you're doing here in the UP? Cause when I see, like, when I, when I found your page and I saw what you're doing, I was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's places in the UP that sell leather goods, but I just, I can't think of anybody else that's like doing what you're doing. Uh, there's another person locally I think that works on stuff okay does uh, leather goods um aura designs oh okay gotcha launch okay um yeah, I don't know a lot of other people in the UP that are doing leather goods so you kind of in a way I mean not not a hundred percent but that that's one of the things that I think is cool is you kind of picked up on something and like created your own lane it, it, which is awesome. I mean, cause then you're like, okay, I'm the person that's doing this for a whole region really. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I asked you what like the hardest part about working with it is, but what do you enjoy most about working with leather? I think it's, a. Uh, I don't know if it's really about working with leather, but it's just that I make things for people and they're like 
really stoked about it. Like when they get it, they'll just be like, they'll message me or something or post it on their story and be like, oh, this is awesome. I got this dead miners wallet. And it's like pretty satisfying that you made something that somebody's that excited about. I, yeah, I can imagine it's gotta be pretty fulfilling to, you know, yeah. start to finish you it like i said it you know you're doing it all by hand it's super intricate and then to give it to somebody and they absolutely love it i mean doesn't doesn't get much better than that i i definitely can can relate to to what you're saying there um another thing that i think is really cool yeah. is i've noticed that you do a lot of stuff with like a is that a laser burner that you do for like different logos and different things yeah, I got a Glowforge. So like it actually will cut leather for me. Like I can just design something on a computer and it'll just cut out what I needed to cut out. What, it's it, cool. Yeah, it's, that's another thing when you have the videos. It's made it like, a lot easier for me to like do things quicker. Like I, I had so many orders over like the holiday season. And if I didn't have that thing to just cut stuff out for me, like I would not have gotten anything done on time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the videos when, when you're, when you have like someone's logo and it's just like burning it, that's another one that's like really soothing to watch. Yeah. It's cool because <laughs> it makes it really nice to like, if I'm doing like a bulk order of keychains for somebody, like I can easily put their logo in all of them. Yeah. Instead of like having to get like a stamp made or something from someone and stamping them like by hand all myself. Right. Right. Well, and it's just rad that you're like, you have this very like kind of old technology of working with leather by hand and you're incorporating like cutting kind of cutting edge technology and like weaving it together in really cool ways. Yeah. Um, it's cool that it can work together so well like that. Like yeah. I can just be designing something on a computer and using a laser, but it's like, then I'm still hand stitching it and like putting everything together by myself. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned when you're doing like logos for keychains and stuff. So you work, you've worked with quite a few like different businesses then, correct? Like kind of doing collaborations and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I know one of them is um, another guest of the podcast, uh, Jason and Lynn from um, True North. Oh yeah. I've done some hats and some stuff for them. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's kind of cool. It's funny. Like the UP is such a big place, like area wise, but it's also such a small place as far yeah, as like, it's a big place with like 30 people. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny when like lives intersect in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, what of, of the different like collaborations or different like companies that you've worked with, do you have any that are kind of like your favorites or that, that you thought were like really cool? Yeah. So my good friend, Josh Yaney has a tattoo parlor called Bramble and Stag. Mm -hmm. and uh we've done this project called dead stags where like he'll give me tattoo flash and then i'll laser it like i'll laser engrave it onto a wallet so we've been selling some of those it's been pretty fun yeah i noticed uh i noticed some of the hats and different stuff that you had on the on the site with those on those are definitely super cool um, yeah the, the the deer that i made with the mining helmet and cigarette yeah <laughs> basically just my logo but like with a deer outline instead of a, a skull yeah. <laughs> Just a deer skull. <laughs> um, so what's the farthest that you've like shipped something? Have you, have you shipped like internationally and all over the world or is it? Still yeah. Um, I don't know. Australia is pretty far, right? Like what's the farthest you can go yeah, without? That's pretty far. <laughs> like all the way around the world before you're starting to come back. <laughs> yeah. Australia, New, New Zealand, probably. I don't think I've ever shipped anything to China. No. 
uh, plenty of places in Europe, but I think probably Australia is the farthest that I could think of. So speaking of like different places, like all over. So I got to ask you then, like, why, why the UP? I mean, really, you could kind of do this anywhere. I mean, you ended up coming back here from, I mean, I know you said you don't want to live in a city, but what is it about the UP that, that kind of keeps you coming back? It is cheap. <laughs> <laughs> My house practically costs zero dollars. <laughs> and uh, like I could afford to go anywhere, which is cool. Like I could just go whenever I wanted to, I guess, or like maybe once COVID's over, but like in theory, I could travel. Do you still have family like in, in the UP or around the area? Uh, my mom still lives in Kingsford. Okay. My brothers and my dad all moved to California a long time ago. Okay. Like when I was like in high school still. Sure. So I kind of had moved out to the West Coast to maybe be a little closer to them. Sure. But I didn't want to live in California because I know that I don't want to live in California. So I was like, maybe Portland will be okay. And then I lived there for like two years and I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Which also like a thing I like about here is that it's secluded. Like yeah. it's nice not having like traffic jams and like I can just like go somewhere and there's like nobody there. Yeah, no, I, I it's, it's a common theme with a lot of people that I've had on this podcast that for one reason or another, and I fall into this group, you're like, I'm getting out of the UP. Like, uh, you know, when I get old enough, I'm going to get out and go. And then you, you end up coming back. And the majority of the people that have come back have said something similar to you of like, like it's so quiet or I can get out, you know, five minutes outside of town. I can get into woods where I'm completely just like secluded and I can breathe. And yeah. You can go I, hiking and there's not like a person every six feet. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's incredible how, how much nature and solitude and, and just, just the UP in general, what it has to offer, how much of a, a pull that is to pull people like you and I, like in our age group, pulling us back. Cause mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of us. It's, it's crazy. Um, I know that you do a lot of custom stuff for people too, or can do custom stuff. Have you ever had any like real interesting or kind of strange things that people have requested or that you've done for them? Surprisingly not. You would think like doing leather work, you'd get some like weird kinky stuff, but <laughs> I think I made like a, a garter belt for someone once. And then somebody asked me about getting like a real tight collar made. Yeah. But never went through with it. I don't think I've ever had any like real weird requests for stuff. Well, the, the ones that I've seen a couple that you've posted that are really cool. And I actually talked to you, I, I DM'd you about it was the slings for rifles. I think that's super cool. Oh yeah. I actually have those on my website now too, because I've gotten enough requests for them that I'm just like, all right, here they are. Yeah. I, I really, I think that's really cool. It, you know, I've been making some like real big knife sheets lately too. Like some guys just like, I want you to keep making these sheaths for my gigantic knives. And like, I just made this one for like this battle ax for him. <laughs> and he just sent me another uh, photo of something that he wants, like a, this big belt with like holsters on it and like a bunch of things to hold bullets. So I have to come up with something for that next. Wow. Well, th that's definitely something that's pretty interesting. I would say for sure. That's kind of yeah. out of the ordinary. Um, do you have any other like big like projects or ideas or like collaborations or collections or anything that you've got planned coming up? Or are you just pumping out 
pumping out goods. Just pumping out goods. I don't have anything real big or exciting coming up. Oh, I've been doing um, some white label stuff with this place, this coffee place in San Diego. It's like a motorcycle coffee shop called, I um, can't remember. <laughs> I feel like a jerk. <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, either way, um, it's still cool that you're kind of another one of those like collaborations, you know, that you can, can do with, with another business. Um, how has COVID affected your business? I mean, obviously I know you, you, when you got laid off from your other job, that's really kind of kicked this into high gear, but, um, how else has the whole like COVID thing really affected what you've been doing? I'm not sure. I wonder if it's like, just kind of amplified it. Cause like people will just be, I mean, a lot of people weren't working for so long. Maybe we're being on their phones and they're just like watching me post stuff or make videos and just thinking it was interesting. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, did you ever like have kind of like a turning point with this stuff where like you had pumped out or like made enough things for people that had requested it? Was there ever like that moment where you were like, holy crap, I might have like a business here. Was there ever like one big moment or did it just kind of gradually kind of build? I think it mostly was gradual, but like snowmobiles going by, it's loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think September of like 2019 was the first month that I really started hitting like decent sales, like consistently, like every month after that until like, I think, what was it? I don't remember if it was March or if it was April that I like, right after the COVID stuff happened and then like, nobody was spending money because everybody was like, oh shit, what's going on? And then I was kind of like, oh crap, like all this stuff that I've kind of been building up is like not going to happen. And I was kind of worried about it then. So do you have a brick and mortar store or a plan to do that? Or is it strictly you're just doing stuff online right now? It's just strictly online. I don't really know if I have any desire to have a brick and mortar. I feel like I'd have to be more of a social person to have a place where people are like actively coming into every day. And it's just kind of not me. Like, fair, I, fair love, like I love interacting online with people. Cause I can just kind of like type things at my own pace or just like whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not good at like the whole socializing thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, why, why I like living in the middle of nowhere, I guess. Yeah. It, well, in the flip side of that coin, like to your benefit, you have everything you need at your house where you can run a business. And obviously it's way lower overhead when you don't have like a shop and like upkeep and like, yeah. you know, all of that. So, I mean, as much as someone might be like, well, it'd be cool if you had a brick and mortar at the same time, it, it lends more to your skill set And like you said, your personality um, where it actually kind of helps you in the long run. Yeah. Cause like, I'd rather just be like here working all day. Yeah. Like if I had a brick and mortar, I feel like I'd have to be like the face of the store and like not be in the back working on things all the time. Right. Or then you have to hire an employee or somebody to like watch the front and then, okay, well then there's more overhead, you know, that right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, okay. So speaking of online, so if people want to buy your awesome stuff, where can they find you? This is like the moment in the podcast where you should plug your socials as much as possible. So website is getrichordiemining.com. 
Okay. And otherwise, I mean, just check out the Instagram. It's at dead miners, all one word. And they can, if people do see something they like or want something custom, they can. I like... think you can buy things on Instagram now. Yeah. Um, I think I have that set up. Maybe I'm wrong, but at least the website's linked to the Instagram too. So if they want to check that out. Okay. So we, we kind of hit a lot of different topics. Is there anything else that I like missed or, or that you felt like you wanted to like talk about or bring up or anything like that? Uh, I don't, not that I can think of. Okay. Well, I always end podcasts with the same question to everybody, which I know you've listened to a handful of episodes. You already know that question, but how, how do you like your pasty? So I wasn't really ever a big fan of pasties, but I had one recently and I put honey mustard on it and like, that was delicious. And like, I would totally eat more of them now, I think. All right. That's, I'm trying to think if anybody's ever said honey mustard yet. I've had some crazy answers. I've had like hot sauce is a big one. Um, I've had hummus. Somebody likes, likes putting hummus on it. I've had like the whole gambit of different answers with, with, with the pasty question. So where did, when you said you recently had one, where did you, where did you get it from? It was from the co-op. Oh, okay. Gotcha. (laughs) The Keweenaw co-op. Yeah. Well, It it was pretty good. Yeah. I, uh, it was also a vegetable pasty. I don't know. Oh, okay. I actually don't eat meat, which seems weird because I make leather goods. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, I don't, I don't feel as bad using leather because like, it's just kind of a byproduct of the, uh, like food industry anyway. So like, it's going to be there. It's going to go to waste if you don't use it. And then a bunch of vegan leather is actually plastic. So I don't like plastic either. Yeah, no, that, uh, that definitely makes sense, but that, that definitely is a interesting twist on it. I, I would have never even thought to ask you that question if you're like a vegetarian or vegan or so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, I, I hope you've enjoyed your time chatting with me. I've, this has been a lot of fun and I've learned a lot. And like I said, you're doing something really cool up in the Keweenaw that really not a lot of people in the UP are, are doing you. You've definitely carved your own lane. So kudos to you for that. But, um, nice. Thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm glad I got to, like, I've been alone in my house for the last like eight months, nine months, 10 months. So it's good probably talking to people once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Otherwise I'm just going to get super weird. <laughs> well, like I said, thank you again for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And that's going to wrap things up for this week's episode. Uh, Another huge thank you to Ben for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Housekeeping per usual. I want to hear your feedback, your comments, uh, questions. Uh, Maybe you have a recommendation for somebody that I should interview. Uh, Don't hesitate to drop me a line at chattedupod at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Just type in the Chatted Up podcast and you should be able to find me. Otherwise, wherever you're listening in, please, if you could, rate, subscribe, and leave me a review. Other than that, I am your host, Shooter, reminding you to keep your chin up and your eyes forward.